self-serving persuasive talkers of everything and nothing we are conversation con artists what's going on people it's your boy mr on point and i am calamity red and we are conversation con artists back for another wonderful fantastic episode you can find me on twitter and instagram at mr m-i-s-t-e-r underscore on point and tiktok at carl c-a-r-l underscore young y-u-n-g uh, and I can be found at red underscore calamity only on Instagram. I'm thinking about doing YouTube again. I keep saying that and then I don't. So, like, um, don't hold me. Uh, right now, Instagram is going to be the best way. Red underscore calamity. Um, still doing the listener letter portion. And we have a letter. We have a letter from the young gentleman, <laughs> Colin. And if you have been a listener of the show, you know who this gentleman is. And he, he brings been on up, the show and he gives us commentary. He's a very significant contributor. So I appreciate that, Colin. But he brings up a very important conversation with just the title of his email. We okay. meet again. Colin, you know, I really, we we hadn't talked about this, and I was not going to bring it up because I thought maybe it's just one of those things that just died and it went away and there was really no need to talk about it. And then here you go, resurrecting shit. I just don't understand why you're so against men having a conversation about meats. I mean, right now, given the the nature of conversations that men are having, I you know, maybe not in this culture. (laughs) Because some of y'all... With these alpha male podcasts, I you know uh, the, I don't the dialogue know about meat. Me before meat is a movement that is challenging alpha male culture because alpha male culture puts meat before me. They don't think about themselves; they just think about what they have to offer the physical things, namely the one being sex. Me before meat means sex is last, and we are first. This is a movement that is necessary. Oh, Colin. <laughs> Colin is just a catalyst for helping this conversation move forward. You know, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Thank you for that, Colin. Anyway, I'm going to get started on this letter. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. What is good, y'all? Man. You all have no idea how glad I am that you're back and better than ever. I'm finally sitting down to continue my tradition of writing in and my tradition of making sure that Red knows that it's meat positivity for life. Nigga. Right for this stuff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so real quick, all things are going great over here, but this show isn't about me. It's about the conversation. So I have a couple of thoughts as well as our favorite already post. Uh, one, that cheating story from last week. Bruh, what the hell? Look, I've been cheated on before and stayed, but at the end of the day, if she had cheated on me with my best friend, I'm throwing them both in the trash. Fuck out of here. <laughs> Unless it was some kind of cuckold situation or wife-swapping deal, threesome, whatever, your man's basically made an unauthorized meat entry, and that can't happen. <laughs> there are too many women out there willing to be with a guy like the OP or any guy, it seems. Don't stay. Move on from both of them. It's easy to make new friends, but can really be hard to repair trust if it can be repaired at all. Two, that kid's story and the separate finances. Listen, hell no. I feel like this story had to originate out of New York. She sounds like a high-powered, high-performing attorney or business executive or something. And it sounds like the type of shit I would overhear white women talking about in New York bars or on the train. I'm all for gender equality and for equal pay for equal work, but come on, man. 
Three, camel toe. I agree with on point. Nasty word. Have never liked it. Just say labia. I forgot about <laughs> that. Ew, he did. That's just a horrible <laughs> word. It's terrible. <laughs> now, my post for y'all is, my wedding is this week, and I need advice on how to stop my in-laws for, from ruining it for me. All right, 29 female. Hi, team. My wedding is just under one week. Eek. Thanks. I think I can be quite an anxious, stressed woman anyway, so the wedding hadn't been the easiest for me. I finally went ahead and sacked my terrible wedding coordinator. Thanks, guys. But that means more dealing with family. Without boring you, my in-laws suck. My mother-in-law is overbearing, fake manipulative. My father-in-law is totally absent but still wants to use us and our child to show off all over social media, which I hate. My brother-in-law is narcissistic, manipulative, again, totally absent but likes to dip into my fiancé's life and tell him he is prioritizing his future wife and child too much and neglecting the ones actually closest to him. We barely hear anything from them, but suddenly it's their wedding. My father-in-law has already decided he's going to ask the photographer for unedited originals, despite me saying this was rude and not a thing. My mother-in-law has not helped a single bit towards the wedding and left it all to my mom. There's a lot of things that need to be organized for cultural reasons pre-wedding. My brother-in-law has behind our back gone and organized a car for boys photos without thinking about when we were, when, where this will happen in our tight schedule and we found out through a friend. He has also sent over someone else's schedule after I distributed mine and is trying to take over. Other notable mentions include them repeatedly going over the allocated numbers and then LOL oops telling us too late, leaving me to worry that my guests would run out of food and seats, and I still can't tell how many they may have invited. I've tried to allow some buffer in the catering, but we only have a set number of tables. And so much more. The fact that they've been completely uninvolved in organizing anything, there's a lot to do but seem to want to show off and take credit where it isn't due is just the icing on the cake. They irritate me every time I have contact with them, and on the day I know they will be doing things I don't like, Try trying to hog the photographer when I really want it to be about us and our child, not some distant relatives embarrassing us. I don't know what else. And I can't control them. I can't. But I'd love some advice on how to let them, not let them totally consume my thoughts and suck away my happiness on the day. Anyone else struggle with terrible in-laws? ETA, my husband to be a super bad at setting boundaries with them. He feels guilty and never wants to do it. He just doesn't see the things they do as issues, and he's definitely been walked over by his family his entire life. In fact, once he told me that I should be the one complaining to them if I'm so unhappy, and why am I only being loud in his shadow and not ballsy enough to actually sit to their face? So, yeah. Too long, didn't read. Feeling very anxious about my in-laws running my wedding. Can't control their crappiness, so need advice on how to manage it. Girl, if you don't elope. I'm going to finish his letter out. Last thing, what are y'all playing? I beat Spider-Man Miles Morales in January, and now I'm working on Metroid Dread and Triangle Strategy on the Switch, including my usually daily driver playing of Destiny 2. Glad y'all are back, Colin. All right. That's so much. Um, let's do the Reddit letter last, because then we can just go into the other Reddit letters. Okay. Um, I was hoping, because I feel like... So I was hoping that he was going to have more to say about the baby situation because I feel like this is more his world than it is ours. We broke niggas. You know what I mean? So like, this is not anything that I would ever encounter um, in my day-to-day life in, in, in good old Alabama. <laughs> so, um, again, you know, I, I feel like because it's a baby, all of that is just is a lot. Um it was too much for me still. Um, Man, so, motherfuckers put too much stock in what a baby is. A baby ain't nothing but old semen. It, 
<laughs> that's all a baby is. That's what creates a baby it? is just a successful it, version of some shit that was on a t-shirt two weeks ago. Okay, so then what are what are what are you now? Because you were a baby. You become I'm even older semen than the baby. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> the baby becomes a whole ass person. And so, like, I, again, it's because this is not like an average thing that you can like budget out in this way. It Bruh. just seemed it still feels weird. And he in the money world and he 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 didn't expound <laughs> on why he said no, but he said no, he wouldn't deal with it. They do this shit all the time in child support court. Babies are worth amount of money. <laughs> she just worth amount of money because they are they are application. That is when the relationship has failed and the two people to guarantee that both parents, I guess, are doing shit. Cause a lot of times the mom has custody or whoever has because women pay child support that they don't have a kid. But this is a, this is not that. This is a situation where these two people very much are planning to stay together. <laughs> and so it doesn't child support came about because of people splitting up. It did not come about because people stayed together and wanted to like balance out the, the workload. Like you know, child Kelly support Clarkson. was created. I that's one of my stories. Okay. <laughs> we'll talk about that later, y'all. <laughs> I'll bring this point back. <laughs> uh that is one of my stories. Um but yeah, uh, I forgot we talked about the camel toes, so that's funny that he... And it was such a small thing, but that's hilarious that he brought that up. Bro, <laughs> if I were to hear a podcast and the word camel toe came up in it, that's all I would remember, too, because it, it's just so egregious. I... Yeah, it doesn't offend me quite as much. It's so egregious. <laughs> I mean, clearly they're the worst word, but I'm like, bro, uh, a Jersey Shore bro came up with that term. That's hilarious. That's just the only thing that makes sense. Who happened to have traveled to fucking Egypt or something at some point? That's like now I want to look up the entomology of um. Oh, <laughs> I, I don't like it. Uh, but uh, yes, the guy, you know. Uh, what you playing? What am I playing? I so I have a switch, and I played Zelda um Breath of the Wild previous like a year ago. And got all the way to the end, to the final boss. And, you know, they have all the side missions and stuff. And so mm. I came back to it recently and forgot how to play it. Because, again, it's been like a year since I played it. And I didn't realize that that game does not allow you to have multiple saves. So I was going to create a new save just to kind of do the tutorial type shit to remember, like, what to do. And then go back to the save where I'm at the final boss. It doesn't do that. And so I overwrote. Oh, Lord. That's so the worst. So now I'm playing Zelda Breath of the Wild from the beginning. I wouldn't even start it over. I would have deleted that shit on my system. <laughs> that's what I would have done. I would have deleted that shit. I was angry. I've done uh, that before. I was quite angry because I, you know, I have... It's a it's Zelda Breath of the Wild, if you don't know, is a very long game. You know, there are all these like interim bosses that you had like the it's a whole fucking thing. And it's an open world, so like there's all these side missions and you like collect food and cook it to help like it's a whole fucking open world game. It's very long. So and so I had put a lot of time into getting to the final boss. Mm-hmm. And um Oh yeah, that's why I wanted that it. Like I got low game. I like. I got low video game tolerance for stuff. I want to beat it. That's why I came back to it. I was like, I never beat that, and I was, I was at the like the final thing. So let me like gather some supplies and get ready, you know. And 
then I was like, fuck, I don't remember how to use any of this stuff. And hindsight, I could have just went to the Google and looked up the things, but I was like, it'll be good for me to just kind of play through the like the beginning tutorial kind of shit. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah. <laughs> so Listen. I'm playing. So long story short, I'm replaying Zelda, uh, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild because of that, and um, that's really it right now. When I was in uh, back in the day when I had my PlayStation One, I was playing Final Fantasy VII. You know, epic game. But it's a point on disc one, because it had multiple discs. It was a point on disc one where you had to dig up something out of the ground. And for some reason, I could not find where to dig it up. And so I took the other disc out of the case (laughs) and I threw it like a frisbee at the wall. And, you know, it was the ones with the black back on it. You remember that? Mm -hmm. The ones with the black back. I threw it at the wall and what I thought was going to happen in my head, it was going to hit one wall, hit the other wall, bounce onto the floor. I was going to get in and put it back in the case. <laughs> it exploded. It was not supposed to do that, I don't feel. Why, I didn't even throw it hard. Why were you throwing it anyway? <laughs> Listen, it was a very safe effort <laughs> at being mad and throwing something at the same time. Because I was throwing a very solid, hard-to-break disc. So you thought? <laughs> it so was thought. probably one of them things where the pressure point, you know, like when Jet Li hit you in one little spot and you fucking break down? I feel like it's like a, a .001% <laughs> chance that that spot get hit. And I feel like when I threw it like a frizz, I feel like it hit that spot. It just, brow. I was like, what the fuck? I ain't never seen no shit like that before or after because... I used to try to do it again. <laughs> I can do it. I can't replicate it. Because, you know, you get with, with that old PlayStation 1, you used to get those demo discs and stuff. And once you done played the shit out of them or bought the games that you like on it, oh, it ain't no okay. use for it. I used to try to redo it. I couldn't, couldn't redo it. But, you know, it's the universe one for me to play the game. But, like, I got a low tolerance for shit I want to happen in a game not happening. I will easily be <laughs> like, okay, not going to beat that one. <laughs> What's next? Anyway, that being said, I'm playing the Division 2. Uh, I picked the Division back up. And if you download the New York uh, Warlords down um, DLC, then, oh, man, it's a whole new game. It's a whole new game. It's so much shit downloaded on that game and new new shit opened up on the map. I was so overwhelmed. I just went to sleep. I just, I just went and got in bed. Because that shit was, I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna get it, but I don't know what to do next. Uh, that and also, I am working on starting my Twitch channel, which I will be playing weird, obscure PC games. Um, I'll be playing Auto Mechanic, uh, Simulator. That's I will be playing. Fucking who? Who was that? Like, you know what? In the simulator world, what we're missing auto mechanic like who who asked for that i don't know you got all who's of this their demographic shit, all of the shit that you can do on like forza and like gran turismo i don't know if there's a new gran turismo but you used to be able to like substitute so many parts and i was like that has got to be a market for somebody who wants to fix these vehicles they gotta be and they, they found it i don't know how popular it is uh, i'm also playing Very a da- niche. <laughs> playing a dating simulator uh, this is going to be a good way to talk about relationships 
Um, there is, I can't remember the name of it. There's a game, it's kind of like the Oregon Trail, except it's a rogue light. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know what that is, but I'm looking forward to it. But I'm just going to play a bunch of random games. Uh, I'm planning on starting that uh, within the next week. So, that's going to be my new game. But right now, all I've been playing is the Division of, is the division of Nothing. <laughs> I, get, I get caught in the games like that, and I play them for the long ride, and I just keep playing and keep playing and keep playing, you know, but uh, we can go to the letter now. Uh, girl, if you don't elope, um, what are you doing? Like, and this, I, I'm not even just saying this. Y'all know, I, if you listen to the show, y'all know that I'm not having a wedding. Um, my boyfriend is very aware. I made it very clear. And like, I'm not joking, nigga. Like, so if you propose, be ready to go to the courthouse. Like, <laughs> I'll have a recession. I wouldn't because I feel like people want to celebrate with you. And so, like, I will be willing to, like, pay rent somewhere out and do, like, a reception for family and friends to come to. But, like, throwing a wedding and dresses and bridesmaids and all that, fuck all. I'm not doing that. Like, I am going, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure all the people who are buzzkills won't come to my wedding by having a theme wedding. Oh, I want to have a superhero theme wedding. Is it gonna be like any superhero, like Marvel based? Any superhero. We just all gotta correspond so that there are no duplicates. Okay. You know, so when your daddy realizes in order to come to his daughter's wedding, he gotta have a goddamn Hulk suit on, goddamn or a Hulk Buster, he gonna he gonna change his mind. Well, it's not her, it's her in-laws, it's his people that he like Okay, see, I wouldn't even be in this situation. I wouldn't be in this situation because this nigga said, look. <laughs> It's he ain't setting boundaries. He been setting bad boundaries. He told her that should she should complain. Yeah. Man, I, at what point <laughs> do you see somebody's engagement with their family and not consider that into your marrying them? This yeah. they not going away. No, they're not. This is they're not be... going. And it got to be a turnoff for him to for her to see him being treated like this by his family. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, she loves him. You're right. It is going to be forever. (laughs) She's going to be dealing with this forever. But I feel like the only solution as far as the wedding is concerned, if you're going to go through with the wedding and marry this nigga, is to elope and not even include them. Just don't do that. Because you know and have said that you're not going to be able to control him or his family um and you're not gonna be able to like manage their behavior on the day i wouldn't even be dealing with that shit bro like i just ain't nobody got time for that that is partial part of why like i feel like weddings are a waste of money i've talked about this ad nauseum um i think they're a waste of money but outside of that it's just too much you dealing with family that you would normally not fuck with um and you can't control their behavior like, I just wouldn't deal with that because the answer is don't have the wedding. <laughs> but, like, not don't get married. Y'all could elope and just not include the motherfuckers. But that's it. Otherwise, be prepared for fuck shit on your wedding day. I mean, that's just what it is. Just accept it. And you're already fucked up because you got a kid with this dude. And this family wants to be involved with a kid. Like, And it's clear that you're not going to stop them from being involved with them. Yeah. But, nah. I, I make they lives around me so so difficult. But so I feel like if the husband uh, to be, if he um 
won't stand up to them. Like he's telling her to say something to them, but I feel like he would nut up. I feel like if she did do that, because of course they're gonna come and be like, "You need to get your girl." He gonna he ain't gonna stand up to them, but I guarantee you he'll be willing to stand up to her ass. That's just gonna be another problem in and of itself. I feel like if she did in fact say something to them and they got in their feelings about it and came to him and were like on him about doing something about it, it I feel like for him it'd be easier to try to say something to her than it would be to his family. I wouldn't even be going through that shit. Like, nope. Nobody nope, nope, nope. Elope. Yeah. Don't have a wedding. <laughs> or if you're gonna have a wedding. Just be prepared for fuck shit. You can't control it. There's no way for you to you you the bride. <laughs> you can't be everywhere. You can't be ensuring that they're not like um taking your photographer and having him go take pictures of obscure ass relatives that you don't give a fuck about and ain't gonna want no pictures of. Like like you're not gonna be able to control that as the bride. Man. So I mean Hell no. Fuck that. <laughs> Bro, I cuss their ass out. I this would not be a family. They would have been like we probably wouldn't even got to the point of having no fucking kid. Like that family would have been told him like, oh, you need to get rid of her. <laughs> like we are not. Um, oh, my other post didn't save. Yeah, All I, I have is that my the assholes. I, my other post didn't save apparently. I don't have this family. I will. My family would not give a fuck. And anybody who was causing problems, I wouldn't have no problem sending their ass on to wherever they got to go. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. Ma'am, you need to get, uh, I would say get out of this whole situation, but it sounds like you value this man enough to deal with this shit on this one day. You know, so just plan on having a disastrous wedding and then plan on having a very frustrating, disastrous relationship marriage with this man as long as his family there. I don't know. I guess the only saving grace is if his family don't he don't fuck with his family and the only time he would see him is on a day like this. Then it's like, okay, let's get over this wedding and then get back to fuck with what we were going through. But it don't sound like that's the case. It sounds like he is involved and they take advantage of him. I don't know. She said they've been stepping around on him his whole life. I wonder what yeah. that looked like as an adult. Probably with the baby, I imagine. Yeah. Uh, it's ways to resolve this stuff. You do a destination wedding, number one. You fly off to some obscure place that nobody else can afford, especially if they broke. That's what you do. <laughs> um, that's number one. Uh, number two, theme wedding. And it don't have to be superhero. I gave you superhero. It could be Zombie theme, it could be samurai assassin theme. <laughs> Everybody gotta have a custom sword. We give you time to do this. Uh, it could be anything, anything that you want it to be. It could be your favorite t- rugrats theme. Everybody gotta wear uh, uh, adult diapers, you know, pick a character tummies, Chucky's, Angelica's, Phil's, and Lil's. Everybody, <laughs> there's ways that you can get around this. And and if you don't get around it and they still ruin it, you can at least take pictures of all of them dressed like that and just fuck them up on social media with it for the rest tell of their life. Tell his mom. Tell his mom. What was um? What was the doll name? Tell his mom he got to be the oh, doll. Oh, Susie. Be the doll. That was her. The doll's name was Susie. Oh no, the black. That was a. That was a black girl. No, the doll. Black girl that, Susie. That her name was begin with an S too. I think Cynthia. Cynthia. It didn't begin with an S. No. 
<laughs> the S sound. Um, yeah, tell tell the mother-in-law she got to be Cynthia too. I make her Cynthia, bald-headed bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Damn, that's tough. But understandable, very understandable. Oh fuck. Um. All right, I only saved like four. Is it? Yeah. One of them is. All of them are Am I the Assholes except for one. The one that's not an Am I the Asshole is family and friends think my boyfriend is too unattractive? With a question mark. Then I have Am I the Asshole for taking my stepdaughter to get her ears pierced? Am I the Asshole for not creating creating a trust fund for my stepkids? Am I the Asshole for not sharing my dinner with my diabetic roommate and causing him to have a hypoglycemic episode? (laughs) That's it? Yes. The first one. The too attract unattractive? Yep. All right. Uh, so again, it's family and friends think my boyfriend is too unattractive? Question mark. I feel like this is going to be, you know how white people do that thing where they do the upward inflection at the end of everything, even if it's not a question? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's what this is. That's weird. Why would she do that? Is that because she don't, is she trying to figure it out? She don't know what it is. I don't know. I, she thinks see. that's what it is. Let's see. So it's important to start by saying that I, a 26-year-old female, had not lived at home since I was 18 until the pandemic. So my whole dating life has been entirely separate to my family life up to this point. I have been in one serious but unhappy relationship that lasted a year, but the rest of my relationships have never made it past three months, possibly some trust, commitment issues on my part, and I have never mentioned anyone I've seen to my family. I began dating this guy three months ago and very quickly realized that we had a lot in common and that I wanted to see where this would go. I began chatting with my friends about him and showing pictures, as you do, and every single one of my friends has said something like, he has a weird face, shame about his face, that's unfortunate, etc. That's so fucked up, Jesus. Um, And just always commenting that he's less attractive and that it won't last because of it. But I keep telling myself that he has so many other qualities that I really like and that the way he looks doesn't bother me. I'm not exactly a prize either, you know. It never stopped me wanting to be physical with him, so I don't see why it mattered. So we continued dating, and I eventually mentioned him to my mom, told her a bit about him, and then a couple of weeks later, I showed her a picture of him. She instantly took a disliking to him and started asking me what I was doing, what did I see in him. Literally said he must think himself really lucky to have someone that looks like you. Damn, what is he? I want to know what he looks like. (laughs) Again, I'm entirely average. And up to this point, she had liked the idea of him. Now, I don't really know what to do. I like this guy a lot. And apart from the odd wobble on my part where the old trust issues flare up, I think I might be falling for him. But to know that all of my friends and family think that he's ugly and keep commenting on how he is less attractive is really upsetting. Should I just try and ignore them? Is it really a bad idea to date someone that's supposedly less attractive than you are, even if you if they make you really happy? <laughs> Listen, date whoever the fuck you want to date. Your family and friends ain't shit, boy. Yeah, they they definitely horrible. Like, like <laughs> I've had some people that had some ugly partners, you know subjectively speaking, you know, they just not anybody I would choose, you know, but like to say that I wouldn't choose them and you shouldn't choose them. That's a different level of, I don't respect your choices. 
Well, and the putting the like, listen, I'm not gonna sit up here and act like physical compatibility is not important because it is like you, but it's you need to be attracted to the person that you're dating. You need to be, and you, you already said that you find him physically attractive, physical um, circumstances with him have gone fine. Um, for your mom to like hear all of this stuff about him and be like, he's a catch, he's good, I like him. And then you show her a picture, she's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, that is ridiculous. <laughs> because whether or not I find, you know, if I had a kid, whether or not I find whoever they bring home to be attractive or not, my main thing is that how are they going to treat my kid? Like, what kind of relationship are you going to be able to have with this person? You know what I'm saying? So like, for her mama to be like, oh, he's too ugly. <laughs> You got to get rid of him. You got a dog face. Can't do it. Like, what? <laughs> I mean, I don't, you know, I don't get it. It's I don't get it. It's very disrespectful. And not only, like, I didn't, again, I don't, I didn't have people, like my cousin, me and my cousin are very close. She's the closest thing to a sister that I have. And, because I don't have any blood sisters. And, we have very different tastes when it comes to men. So, like, she didn't introduce men to the family. And, like, internally, I've been like, he look weird. Or, you know, whatever. But I, at no point have I ever felt like going to her and being like, you know he ugly, right? Like, <laughs> because it's subjective. Like, obviously, she doesn't find him to be ugly. And so, like, doing this is really fucked up on the part of your family and your friends. Like, Anybody listen, this is not how you do that, okay? If you have a friend that brings around somebody that you don't find attractive, you don't have to find them fucking attractive. Your main thing should be like, how are they treating my friend? Because that's what's really going to matter and where you're going to have to come in and step in and be there if the nigga hurt her and shit. That's what you should be concerned about. Why do you give a fuck if you don't find them attractive? You ain't fucking them. So who cares? Mm. That's so, it's, it's, <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand. It's a terrible situation to be in, especially one to where you value somebody for their internal qualities. And now people got you thinking about, like, that's the essence of being unattractive, right? The best case scenario of being unattractive is that you overcompensate in other places. Yep. Make sure that yourself is solid and you fortify these other areas of yourself so that you can be okay, right? I'm yeah. not conventionally attractive. Now, some women find me attractive because they had a fat, hairy-ass, bald-headed daddy. You know what I'm saying? <sighs> that shit work like that sometimes. Really it work out in your favor. And they can be extremely attractive. And it's like, if they had a good daddy and he looked like Carl Winslow, I'm winning. You know what <sighs> I'm saying? I don't look like Carl Winslow, but like they, they, they got that image of a man who can't, he can be big, he can be bald, he can be all these things and still be valued. So they look at shit like that Less there, you know, but like you have to fortify those things. And this man paying the price because of that from the people externally that influence her is like the price will be paid if she actually listens to them. Yeah. If she don't listen to them, then again, he's just they just playing the role that they supposed to play in society that makes him have to go out there and <laughs> overcompensate. They just doing what society do. Okay, I don't look like the motherfuckers on the goddamn boxes in the half section. Okay? 
But what? Uh, I'm with you though. What does this motherfucker have to look like? Does this nigga look like Elephant Man? Cause I'm like, what does he have to look like for people to be like, oh, fuck, what the heck? Shame about his face. What? <laughs> listen, listen. I think I've told this story on the podcast before. Because it's not like there's not something about a person that you can see and that can like shock you. But when I was at a a counseling conference in Alabama, I was walking by looking at the tables, looking at all the brochures and stuff. And this super confident woman was standing there and where one of her eyes should have been, it looked like an ice cream scoop took the whole thing out. And listen, I'm... Your description is not funny. It's your description and the words that you choose. At that woman and it is terrible. I'm laughing at you. I'm not laughing at her. Why would you use? Why would that be how you decide you were going to describe it? Everybody who is listening knows the size and the shape of an ice cream scoop. How else would I describe the size of it? I mean, I could have said a. a, a Slightly larger than a golf ball size, a plum size hole was in my eye. It's just the image of somebody using an ice cream scoop to scoop somebody's shit out of their socket. Go on, let me. <laughs> when I looked up, do you know how strong your poker face got to be? <laughs> yeah. To not know what the fuck to do in the moment, laughter wasn't a uh, wasn't a thing. It was more like, God damn! Like <laughs> if you scroll by some shit on Facebook like that, and you saw it, what you would say? Imagine not having a buffer between seeing that and what to be said. And I'm like, she is confident because I feel like I feel like why don't you have on an eye patch? You know, not for us, but for yourself. But like the level of confidence you have to attain to be comfortable with yourself, you know what I'm saying? That like he's comfortable with himself. He bagging him a fine chick. Well, and she don't even she keep describing her stuff as like average. Like she she confused by why they acting like she fucking Halle Berry. <laughs> see, and the thing is, they might not even be doing that. That's just by comparison. They might be like, you know, she looked like a damn moose. But this nigga look like a dead moose. Like, how the hell? We can't even talk shit about her no more because she found somebody to make her look good. <laughs> like, listen, believe in yourself and trust yourself. He believe in himself, so I fuck with him. She don't believe in herself. I don't fuck with her. But if she choose to stay with this man because she's found somebody she value and got those internal qualities that she like, then I fuck with her. I don't fuck with nobody else in the story. No, they all fucked up for that. Everybody else is trash. They very much so. Everybody else is trash. Even if I feel that way internally and don't say that, I will support my friends choosing people in their life because I feel like they must be bringing some kind of value to that person's life. Yeah. And for if sure. can't get out of the idea that aesthetics is a big part of what people should be bringing to your life, you deserve baby mamas and baby daddies and <laughs> getting scammed and your bank account robbed and uh, all the bad things that come to people who have problems because they didn't think of what the internal qualities of a person were and just only looked at the aesthetics and the outside. Yeah. 
all the shit that come to you that's bad, you deserve it. I want to do the hypoglycemic because I just want to know, like, why you would deny somebody food to the point where they became, <laughs> like, what reason could you have? And, choose one of mine first. Okay. I got several of them. Um, all right. She won't let our parents, she won't let my parents meet our child. How do I support her decision but not alienate my parents? This will say, I just got told. It's shout out to Kyler from Dead Bedrooms. Oh, fuck. Um, my husband of seven years left me for a guy he met over a seven-day trip to Madrid. What? <laughs> and my husband is addicted to buying Magic the Gathering cards and is destroying our chance to a secure future. <laughs> so geeky. <laughs> um, I'm torn between wanting to know why you would not want the other half. Like, I feel like his parents must be some fucked up ass people if she don't want them to meet the kid. But I gotta hear about this nigga who met another nigga in Madrid and left his wife. I gotta hear about it. What happened? Let's do that one. Madrid. Okay. I've been with my husband, I'm a man, for seven years and used to tell people that we okay, have a storybook romance. <laughs> okay, well, let's go back. What do you want to do now instead of that one? They'll do it, but you like thought it I thought woman. it was it, it was much more dramatic when I thought that it was mm, look at a you. woman. Look at you. Well, we could do it. Go I've on. been with my husband, I'm a man, for seven years and used to tell people that I that we have a storybook romance. We care for each other, talk endlessly, had great sex, great friends, and traveled a lot. For the last several years, I supported him while he went through law school, and finally we moved to NYC after he landed his dream job, and I could relax a bit. I still work a full-time job, but I could work less overtime and relax a bit. Flash forward. One year, and he's not loving his job at all. Of course, big law is a lot of work, and he's already burnt out. He eventually decided to take some time off and soul-searching his about his next career move. During this time off, he decided to take a week away in Madrid just to clear his mind. When he got home, he was acting so strangely and was very distant. When I confronted him about it, the next day he admitted that he fell in love with someone else in Madrid. And when I asked him to stop talking to this person, he refused. He wouldn't stop talking to a person that he had only known for seven days to preserve his marriage with someone that was that has lived with him unconditionally for seven years. I went home to my parents for a week to soul search, and while on our laptop, I found my journal entries intended for his therapist he had written while on vacation in Madrid about these affairs he's been having without me knowing at all. He also wrote about how he has never felt passion with me and how he doesn't think our love is compatible. After reading this, I called him and told him we need to split. These many betrayals and lies were beyond my capacity to forgive, and I can never trust or be vulnerable with him again. He packed his clothes and put in his storage and has been in Europe with his new lover since then. I'm still in shock a month later. I had to scramble to find a new place to live, move all our stuff alone, take care of the divorce settlement, and work a full-time job. All this while he's in Europe not working and traveling with his new lover. I feel broken, used, and completely alone. I keep reliving the last seven years, and I can't see how I could see this done, how I could have seen this coming. He told me every day how much he loved me and how we would do anything for our love. How do you go from fighting over who will die first so we don't have to live without the other and him telling me he, he wants to have kids to this? Better question, how do I ever trust someone again? I'm 30 years old and I can't see myself ever investing in a long relationship like this again after sinking my literal heart and soul in this marriage and being tossed aside like a fool. I mean, it's still dramatic, but there was going to be an added drama twist if it had, if he'd been a woman. But um, that is fucked up. How is he still going around and you're on what money? Because he ain't working, obviously, if he 
Like, if he worked for such a high-powered, high-performance law firm, I wouldn't think that you would be able to do that while in Europe. So, like, I feel like he's just not working. <laughs> Sound like. How the fuck is he still just gallivanting around fucking Europe? Bro. But anyway, um, that's fucked up. But if you're 30 and y'all were together for seven years and you met him and y'all were, like, early 20s, it's hard, man. Like, early 20, 22, 23 is the time where you, like, coming out of college and, you know, if you went to college, everybody doesn't go to college, but if you went to college, you're coming out of college and really, like, getting, trying to figure out what the fuck you're going to do. Like, now you, you know. You in that space of life where people expect you to be kind of settling upon something to do. Um, and you still really don't know. I feel like you don't really know who you are. Not fully. When you're 23? 22, 23. Enough in a, to, to be. Like, I don't know if I would have wanted to get married that early. When I think about, about how. I was and like what my mindset was like I feel like if I had married somebody around that time we probably wouldn't still be married like I feel like I'd be divorced (laughs) yeah because I don't feel like I really knew who what who I was let alone what the fuck I wanted or needed in another person and so like that's when they would have met and got together and been together for these seven years now fast forward 30 and he out here, you know, he ain't even old enough for a midlife crisis. <laughs> 30 is not midlife. <laughs> That's a midlife crisis behavior. <laughs> yeah. What if you found out that, what if you, like, met a person that felt like they should be the person for you? And, like, it feels 20 times more natural and more better. You ain't cheating on your partner, but, like, you feel like you've met someone who is like very, very compatible with you. How much stock do you put in the fact that you selected that person versus going with what feels better? I mean, I feel like that would make me question the relationship that I'm in. What is it that I'm missing? Like, what makes this person feel so much more compatible? Like, I, I it, that would make me want to analyze what I'm in because. For that to be the case, something must be missing. So what's the difference in the two situations? Like, because I don't feel like just walking away. Because the fact, the thing about it is infatuation carries a whole lot of good feeling and good hormones and endorphins and shit. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, mm-hmm. what you don't want to do <laughs> is make some decisions based off of some infatuation type of shit and then when the real shit starts because like any relationship is going to come with like shit you know so yeah. like if you move on and you move in with this person are y'all going to be having like financial issues that you wouldn't have in your last situation like like what what is that going to look like like I would be analyzing everything if it were me yeah. just because I know that Anytime you meet somebody new, it's fun, right? It's something new. It's different. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's better. It may feel better in the moment because it's it's new. Yeah, you're right. But you don't want to walk away from some shit that you, that you know is solid for some shit that is just in the moment fun. I mean, this, this nigga doing all kind of um, 
irresponsible shit <laughs> since he met this nigga that he manages. Like, that ain't gonna end well, I don't think. Oh, but in and old dude in, in Madrid or from Madrid, I guess they all they traveling around together now, but I don't think that's gonna end well. Yeah, it's definitely not gonna end well. You like know, that but sound like some bullshit. The fact that something can take you away from your relationship, I agree, means that there was something about your relationship that you were missing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know. People don't owe you the rest of their life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, they don't. But and, and, but the way you communicate that, like, even if I had went on a trip overseas and found somebody that was going to be my lover, like, to respect the person that I've been in this thing for this long with, I tell the other person, listen, give me six months, goddamn, to, to get all of this stuff settled. And then move forward, you know, but I think that comes with our non-confrontational society. We don't want to have them conversations. We don't want to think like that. We just want to be like cut shit off cold turkey because we don't have to hurt ourselves by hurting other people. Well, because, yeah, I mean, it sounds like the cheater has been having issues and just ain't been saying nothing and been getting up like everything is just sunshine and, and daisies every morning instead of communicating like, hey, I feel like something's missing or hey, I'm not happy or whatever the case may be. You still, like, that's the fucked up part in this story to me. It'd be different if they were like having problems and he went away while they were having problems and did this. But like, it sounded like the writer of the the Reddit didn't even know that things were this bad. Like he knew he was stressed about his job, but he didn't know that there was anything about their relationship because he hadn't communicated that. That that's problematic. Like if something's bothering me, you're gonna fucking know about it. Do I like having them conversations? No. And I, despite being a therapist, in my own personal life, hate discussing emotional shit. I don't like it. I hate it. I have to be forced to do it. But see you. What you're saying is that if you have a problem, somebody's going to know about it. Yes, because your behavior is going to be so significantly different that they're going to be like, so wrong with this goddamn girl. <laughs> Fuck. Let me go play the game two hours before I try to figure this shit out. <laughs> Get through playing the game. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> oh, fuck. It's bad, too. It's bad. So when you say that they gonna know, you ain't saying that you're gonna communicate the particular issue to them. They just gonna know because you're gonna be acting crazy. <laughs> Part of that, it depends on like so if it's something serious, like as as much as I don't like doing shit, I would do that. Yeah, but like for minor stuff, more minor things, yeah, I'm just gonna have an attitude. Like even now, like I haven't been in this relationship for that long, but like He'll he knows. Like he'll be like, What's wrong with you? <laughs> like, what you mean? He was like, What what what's 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 the problem? What's wrong? <laughs> I don't even realize I'm doing this. Because you like, did it to yourself. You did this to yourself. How? Okay. Because when you're cool with somebody or you like somebody, you are so overtly pleasant. And and it's just a whole different thing. Because when you when somebody done fucked up, it's a whole day. You sit different. You look different. The facial muscles in your face do some different shit. <laughs> nigga know he done fucked up. The smartest nigga know where he fucked up already. 
Yeah. I'm a smart nigga. I know why I be done fucked up. Jen, I know you wanted to do the podcast early. I'm sorry about that shit. It's here. We here now. You gonna either get over the night. Now, I only suggest you to take this route in a relationship with <laughs> where her. No. That's not good. That's like neutrality relationship shit. <laughs> you know, but but knowing that the problem is what the problem is, when you get good at that, your relationship will flourish with, with Red. So, yeah. nigga who uh, in a relationship with Red, if you hear this, write down. <laughs> realize it's that drastic like i do try to be pleasant with people that i, I care about like people i'm gonna fuck about like they get the attitude all the time but like people that i care about and i like i do endeavor to be very pleasant so like but it don't feel like it's that much of a difference to me <laughs> yeah. when it's happening it's but big. apparently it is very drastic it's because, very big it's a very big difference uh, like I'll just be sit like it's I get yeah I'll be sitting I'm like he like it's it's your posture it's it's your whole your whole energy it's all different it should be I'd be like fuck <laughs> you know what I'm saying like and again I got no investment in you so it's like I'm just not gonna talk to her for four days <laughs> maybe she'll be over it next week I don't feel like I done nothing big enough to be no extended period of of stuff like that outside no. of like maybe work. Cause you be sending me emails like send me some shit and I'll be like not sending you some shit. And at a certain point you'd be like, this motherfucker still ain't sent me the shit. <laughs> I'm sure that happened over so period of days, but I can still get away. We're not talking to you. <laughs> um, yeah, he can't, he can't get away without talking to me. So exactly. Exactly. See me. I agree. I, I, I work on the little things. The little things is little things that I wouldn't really address. That it's like, I would like for you not to do that again is if I ask you if you want some ice cream, you say no. And then I buy my favorite ice cream and then you go and start eating my favorite ice cream before <laughs> I eat it like that. That shit. I don't like that. <laughs> but, but it ain't big enough to the price. If you don't eat it all, it's fine. I have some. I know they don't eat the whole thing. It's okay. But like, tell me you want some ice cream. Because at a certain point, I'm going to be like, I'm going to buy me an ice cream and I'm going to buy them an ice cream. And I'm going to label the ice cream that they can eat. And I'm going to label mine. That's some <laughs> shit where it's like, okay, it's like a little gnat. It ain't nothing that I have to address that may, you may be like, why he being different for these five minutes? <laughs> but things that I need, you need to talk to your partner if a crack pipe fall out their back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Extreme. Yes, yes, you do. Please do. Please have a conversation. Again, on the other end of the spectrum, okay, if you drank the last of my milk and I bought some cookies and you knew you drank the last of my milk that I thought I had at the house, <laughs> but I don't have no milk, but you know I love milk with my cookies and you don't say nothing and I get there and it's a milk jug in the trash can. <laughs> I'm irritated, but it ain't nothing that's going to make me be like, hey, why do you do that shit? It ain't going to make me do that because, first off, if you don't, it's, it's like very specific circumstance. Most of the time, I have a lot of milk. It is a very particular moment where I don't have enough milk. It was just enough left for one person to drink. That other person drank it at the very same time that I had some cookies before I replaced my milk. I get the cookies, get home, then realize I didn't have no milk. You knew you drank the milk, but then tell me. That's a very specific circumstance, right? Mm -hmm. You know, that ain't going to happen a lot, you know. But, you know what I'm saying? If 
if you robbed a homeless person, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, and somebody came up to me and said, hey, I, just saw, I saw your girlfriend rob a homeless nigga like she went in his pocket straight up. You know, we gotta talk about that shit. Like, I'm just saying that there's a range of shit you gotta talk about. I'm being extreme, but like, it's just some shit that you got to address. You can't just be like your disposition be different, and they be like, "What's wrong with you?" I saw that crack pipe fall out your pocket. <laughs> oh, that's some shit you go up to them now. That's that oh, shit yeah. where you sit at the door in the dark <laughs> with your legs crossed in the chair, and when they open it up, you just holding a crack pipe in your hand, and you be like, "What's this?" <laughs> that's like it's. There is shit that's that level of you got to have this conversation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You just got to figure out. Even like, like more, like, like I said, you know, if I at any point, like, started to feel differently about him or, like, felt like, you know, this isn't, this isn't what I thought it was or, it, you know, things have changed and I feel, the, you know, those are conversations. Would I want to do the shit? Absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely not. But I feel like that's one of those situations where I would, because if it's something that's fixable, like maybe talking it out and talking through it, like I can figure out what exactly is off or like why I'm feeling differently or whatever. And we can both be on notice about the shit as opposed to me coming in every day, you know, kissing you good morning and shit and wishing you a good day and making dinner and we having dinner just like a good ass life like shit is fine and internally i'm struggling and then i just run off to madrid that's some bullshit like the fact that you you've been doing all of this writing all of these little uh journal notes that go back to your therapist and that you've been it's been other affairs and i like what the fuck tell me okay go be with whoever please don't waste my time that's what pissed me off about situ- like that's what would make me the most angry i feel like i do not like to feel like i've wasted time and being in a relationship and spending time with somebody i don't feel like it's a waste of time if all the cards on the table and i know what i'm doing and i'm choosing it right but if you got shit going on in the background that i don't fucking know about that i that that i'm operating under and don't know when it comes out, I'm going to feel like I wasted my time because at the point that you decided you wanted to go fuck other people, we could have just split up then because I was never going to be cool with that. <laughs> so you could have just told me and we could have like split up and then I would have not felt like, like all the time before that, I wouldn't have felt like it was a waste of time. But like, I got to catch you cheating? No. That's some apple pie kind of situation apple pie murder shit yeah yep so no and if y'all don't know the apple pie reference i don't want to go into it <laughs> now i feel like somebody might be listening that i might use it just on. know this the seeds from an apple if you have a certain amount of them you can kill somebody with them can okay just so y'all know you gotta do your own research on it yes but that's the case. But yeah, no, that's fucked up. And I mean, you're 30. It's going to take time. But I don't think that you at a place where you wouldn't be able to, like, move past this and be with somebody else. Take the time, though. Please take the time. And don't just jump into some shit. Because you was in it for seven years. And a lot of times when people be in a relationship for that length of time and come out of one, it's difficult to be by yourself. Because you used to have somebody else. And so... People jump into other shit just just so that they get that 
that good old feeling back. Don't do that shit. Take time. Heal yourself. But I, I, I mean, you're 30. You'll, you'll, you'll meet another guy at some point. So, yeah. You will meet another guy. It's going to, you know, with that alpha male group and the Kevin Samuelites mm. and incels and all these dudes, I think one of the biggest components of their life is that they were hurt by a woman and they never took the proper steps to recover. And so the essence is you've got to take the proper steps to recover so you can compartmentalize. Yep. Because if you don't compartmentalize and you leave that hurt you have in the same compartment with everybody else, it's going to make you generalize that experience to other people. It's going to make you expect it out of other people. And it's going to limit the quality of relationships you can have because you're only going to be living through the lens of the bullshit that happened to you, not through the amazing shit that, that you can experience with the new people that you brought into your life. Yep. You know? And and one thing that we all got to accept is that this is the human experience and it's the place we live at is terrible. Oh, it's trash. I don't even mean America, just the universe, the world. It's, it it's, is trash. It's going to hurt you. It's going to do things. It's going to impact your emotions. The more you can accept that this world is going to do you harm, but there are things we can do to overcome it. I think it'll be easier to accept when these things happen to you and you can move forward. I mean, it might be a calloused way of looking at it, but as long as you know that there's things you can do to recover from when bad things happen to you and you can get back on a relatively normal path, I think that's important to know. Yep. Um, okay, I got to do the hypoglycemia because I just, I just want to know why you would do that. Um, am I the asshole for not sharing my dinner with my diabetic roommate and causing him to have a hypoglycemic episode? Uh, he is 23 and he rents with three guys. He gave names, Ty, Michael, Simon. They all sound, I feel like this is going to be some white shit, but let's see. Simon has diabetes and he's having a hard time managing it. Here's how the problem started. I'm the last to get home. I arrive at eight, uh, where the guys are all at home. Every time I try to order food from the restaurant, I'd ask the guys if they want to order as well. They say no at first, but once my food arrives, they gather around me in the living room and help themselves to my food. It irked me a lot since it kept happening and I'm too nice to tell them off. Shit. Days later, I came home. Simon sitting on the couch. The other guys were still out. Before I ordered food, I again asked if he wanted some and he said no. This time to avoid having to share my food, I decided to go eat in my room once the food arrived. Not going to lie, I got some looks from Simon, but I thought nothing of it. I went to bed at 11 p.m. and around 2 a.m. I woke up to loud knocking on my door. I then opened the door and Ty yelled saying that Simon just had a hypoglycemia episode and Michael drove him to the hospital after I refused to share my dinner with him earlier. From what I understand, he didn't eat for hours and that's counting... And that was counting on eating dinner with me, but I took the food to my room and he didn't get any. Ty and I started arguing after he called me a selfish fuck for hiding and withholding the food and letting Simon go through this knowing he's diabetic and can't stay without food for long periods of time. He thanked God they recognized his symptoms and took him to the hospital early. I said, I already asked if Simon wanted to eat and he said no. Ty said it's because of Simon was going to say that. Ty said it's because of Simon was going to say that since 
he no money to buy food and was hoping I'd share, but I hid it instead. I said I wasn't obligated to play, pay for others' food, which set him off on me about how terrible my attitude was over a few dollars, but money is an issue for me. Simon hasn't talked to me, but Michael and Ty keep blaming me and saying that they no longer trust me around Simon. Moreover, Michael called Simon's parents. I had an argument with him because of this, and he said I had no excuse for treating a diabetic like that. I've been getting a lot of bashing from them over that, and I have been feeling incredibly guilty, thinking that I might have contributed this to contributed to this in a way. No, you didn't. Man, fuck your roommates. You need to uh, get new roommates because Simon is a whole ass adult. And if Simon is a different thing to if somebody asks about food and you say, you know, you know, I ain't got no money, but I hadn't eaten all like you, you, your pride, Simon's pride <laughs> is what caused Simon to have a hypoglycemic episode. Like, how y'all gonna tell this man he gotta share his fucking food with y'all and that it's it's just a few dollars? If it's just a few dollars, then y'all broke asses would have bought your own fucking food and not been eating his food. The fuck out of here. Now they gonna blame you for this. Like, he didn't eat all day. Is that not his responsibility prior to me getting home? The fuck? Your roommate say shit. <laughs> See, these am I the asshole things, like sometimes I wish I could put my whole essence in a human being and how they respond to things, right? <laughs> I would be like, I don't give a goddamn if Simon ten toes up in the morning. Look like we'll need another fucking roommate. Simon is grown as fuck. If Simon ain't learned how to regulate his own goddamn blood sugar without me, without me, a little old me, he didn't know me a year ago, and if I move out tomorrow, what y'all gonna do? Y'all gonna carry that nigga casket, what y'all gonna do if y'all don't figure that shit out? Better get that motherfucking nigga mama up here to damn start fixing his shit. Because I don't got energy for people who feel entitled to my time, my energy, my money, my everything. If I feel like you're entitled to that shit with me, we're going to have a bad time and a bad conversation. And bad for you. Yes. Well, I'll be all right. But that's what the again, fuck? Like, why I don't get in a situation like that. Like, how, I mean, first of all, I would have been saying something like, if I ask y'all, hey, I'm coming home, I'm stopping by such and such, y'all want something? No. Okay. When I get in, don't touch my fucking food. I asked, and you said no. So guess what? You don't eat my food. Period. Now, I feel like, let me qualify this. <laughs> because I feel like Leroy Ketchum and um, uh, show good and i feel like all y'all who know me personally gonna be like but red that's what you do all the time you always talk about you not hungry and then you get something off of somebody's plate i feel like that's different if my boyfriend because i mean I, there is a difference between me like bagging a couple of fries and like and feeling like i'm supposed to get a whole portion of somebody's fucking food different it's different and I don't do that with everybody. I wouldn't do that with no roommates or nothing. Y'all niggas, yes. Yes, I would. It's still entitlement. I don't feel entitled because, look, Cole Jackson tell me no all the time. Cole is the only person who will be like, no. <laughs> you could have ordered it yourself. And I'd just be like, selfish, but okay. <laughs> mm -mm. 
He turned me down all the time. He won't let me eat out. He sometimes he will. Like he'll do it very This the question though. This is the question though. If if you was having a seizure and the thing that could save you was that French fry that you was trying to get, then would he give you the French fry? I think he would. And then he would yell at me about why the fuck did you let yourself get to a point where you was gonna have a goddamn seizure without food and didn't order no food. Like I feel like Cole would help me and then blast me out after the fact. <laughs> I'm gonna wait till you stop shaking it and throw the fry on your face. And <laughs> be like, here, clean yourself up. <laughs> <laughs> like Simon is too old. And then like they acting like Simon, they the way that they're talking to this man about this situation is like Simon is a seven-year-old child who's supposed to be under his care and you didn't give your seven-year-old child food and you knew he was diabetic. Simon grown and he ain't no relation to me. All of us here because we needed somebody to share this fucking rent with. Period. <laughs> that nigga knew he needed to eat. Like, what are you talking about? This is crazy. Like, for them to even be trying to put this. You didn't call this mom. Call his mama. I'll tell her, too. You need to talk. Your, your son is not prepared to live out on his own mama. Because he out here not taking care of his fucking diabetes. That, like, I, that ain't got nothing to do with me. Give a fuck about you calling that nigga mama. It ain't my mama. My mama named Peggy shit. I just want to tell everybody that's not my real take. Uh, again, everybody who knows Red knows me as well and knows that I will feed everybody. Yeah. They also know I have leftovers in my fridge. They also know that I always got snacks. Yes. They know that I spend my money on making sure that I have access to deliciousness. So my roommates would always have access to food. However, if something happened and I couldn't cook like I used to, couldn't buy things and have my place stocked like I used to, and I'm down to my last and it's up for me to eat my snack crackers and just be fed and Simon to eat my snack crackers and to survive, I'm going to get fed. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> if Simon's life is in the hands of Somebody who has no responsibility to feed in him's crackers. <laughs> Simon has made too many bad decisions for me to give a fuck about his life. He don't give a fuck about his life. He don't. And so don't I don't either. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, he fucked up. Simon fucked up quite a bit. Um, and... Hell, the thing about it is the niggas who eat, who fussing, y'all also do the same shit as Simon. Y'all sitting up here talking about me and this and what I should have did and didn't do and all of that, but y'all niggas do the same shit. I come in here with food after I done install and y'all eat my food. So y'all broke as fuck too. Okay? So all y'all can miss me with this shit. You a fuck. Like, you are not responsible for what ha Simon's bad decisions and his bad manager of his diabetes is what landed him in that situation. Because there is no reason why he should have allowed. It ain't no snacks in the house. Like y'all literally don't got no goddamn food in that house other than the food you bring home every day. That's ridiculous. <laughs> don't nobody have nothing in there. So literally, the only food that come in here is the food that I bring in when I get off work. Fuck y'all. Yeah, Simon finna get his feet amputated. Fucking with me. <laughs> Tell you that right now. <laughs> That's the I ain't got nothing left version of me. The the the. <laughs> Excess version of me, me and Sam, Simon to be good, but the version of me that only got a pack of cracker left, mm -mm. they're gonna die fucking with me. Sorry, Sam, Simon. 
I bought these crackers for me. <laughs> me giving them to you is a luxury for you. I'm not. I'm not gonna give them to you. I'm gonna eat them in your face if I have to. But but fuck around again. Now this is a different situation. Let me say, oh damn, I got this one last pack of crackers left. Hey, anybody want crackers? And Simon namely says no. And I'll be like, okay, and I eat the crackers. And then somebody show up to my room and be like, you know you were selfish eating them crackers. I'm going to uppercut that motherfucker <laughs> right away. Bloop. Straight up into the air. Mortal Kombat style. <laughs> you coming at me with that bullshit. But, you know, you create the environment around you. You create the culture of your your environment. Like, people wouldn't be treating you like that if you wouldn't allow it to be happening at first. Yeah, he should have said something before now. Yeah, all even now, got even now, he didn't say food. nothing. He did some passive-aggressive shit, like, I'm going to eat in my room instead of having a conversation with them about, y'all going to have to stop eating my fucking food. <laughs> you did some passive-aggressive shit instead. I saw a video of this dude who, it was a video where this guy said, my roommate keep eating my stuff that I have in the refrigerator. And so it showed this dude eating this cake and it was a condom inside of it that he put in there. Uh, now, I hope it wasn't used. I hope it was just... Now, if I were to do that, I would wash the condom, clean it, make sure it was like clean, put it in food. If I had to resort to that level, but I bet that motherfucker don't go in his shit no more. Oh, no. I bet he don't eat his stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? He better not unless he just fucking crazy. Yeah, he might he might like he could be into that. Could be his kink. You never know. Let's hope not. You remember what Leon told us? Oh yeah. <laughs> he said that the weirdest thing that ever happened to him at a sex party was that after he got finished, the, it was a dude that was watching uh, that asked if he can have the condom yeah. with the stuff in it. And Leon was like, Yeah, here you go. And he disappeared off with it. Like if you give a raccoon a piece of fucking candy, they just fucking run around in the corner and shit. I guess that's what he did. I don't know. I'm just saying. Gotta be. Uh, y'all gotta create the culture of the relationships. Like, if there's something that you, you gotta have the foresight to know that this might become a problem. Mm-hmm. They are eating my food religiously, and while it works for me now, it may not work for me at some time. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I saw the letters I had. I'm going to do the one that says. Uh, I just got told. I'm really scared because that's so generic in general. Why would you choose that one? I'm just curious. We'll see. It came from dead bedrooms. God. I like the beginning and I was like, oh, damn, that's cold-blooded shit. Last night, my wife asked me what I wanted to eat tonight. I looked at her, got a bit closer and said, there's a gorgeous little brunette I've had my eye on. I thought I was being maybe charming or signaling interest in a subtle way. She looked at me and burst out laughing. She told me I better go join Tinder. At 2 a.m., she asked me what was on my mind, and as I tried to explain, I felt frustrated and that my feelings were hurt. She lashed out and shouted I should just go the fuck, go fuck other girls because they all love anal. He's like, what? What? Where did that come from? I should have never took the bait and imagined that she was really interested in talking with me about me. It was only to dig out some tender hole to drop an urchin in while I was vulnerable. I also got reminded of how little I always do. I never do anything ever and my feelings are all made up. I gave up anything even mildly kinky when we got married and we maybe do something different once a year. 
talking about kink wasn't really the point. I've learned a lot this morning. I've learned not to share, not to be vulnerable. She hates touch, foreplay, and refuses to initiate because I don't get brought to orgasm by being ignored and used as an object. I felt so humiliated. It's totally my problem that the same repetitive acts that consistently bring her pleasure from within her comfort zone without requiring she reach out to contribute, and I need to learn to derive pleasure from it. She told me she would never initiate sex again so long as I refuse to come during her ritual. It has to be her way or no way. I moved to lay on the couch again. Thank God I get to go back to work on Monday. I feel so welcomed and appreciated when I'm there. It's almost like they like me and are happy to see me alive. Being here at home makes me pray for death, not the romantic <laughs> Christmas carol, see them grieve way, just the regular old be dead and they can all move on without the baggage and pretend feelings. God damn. Why are you in this marriage? Uh, oh my God. I didn't know how that shit ended. Jesus. Damn. This, what are you doing? You are in a marriage praying for death every day? Oh my God, no. Christ, get out. Get out, please. Get out. Now, today. Yesterday, get out. What the fuck? There is no listen. First of all, the way that she expresses these things to him is disrespectful as fuck. Okay. Um, and this goes back to what we just said about you what you just said about creating the culture that you want to exist in. This definitely should have been a red flag for him from the beginning because that is fucking ridiculous. Like, so what is their sex life? I mean, I don't understand. Like, he just, she just, what, what is it? Is he basically just a dildo? Is that what she's doing? I have no idea. Is he like a human dildo that she just uses and it doesn't really matter if it feels like anything to him. It's totally my problem that the same repetitive acts that consistently bring her pleasure from within her comfort zone without requiring she reach a... I guess so. He just a dildo. He just lay there and let her do what she does. And she feels like that should be enough to get him off. And if it isn't, that's your problem. That is fucked up. Yeah, that's real <laughs> fucked up. Like, you better divorce. Let her just go. Just She can just go buy a dildo. Then she won't have to deal with no emotions. She want all of the things that you come with as a living, breathing human. She can just get her dildo. Just let her do that. And you go find you somebody that gives a fuck about you. Because <laughs> she don't. God. How did you eat? Oh, my God. Why would she want to be in this relationship? Like, why would she be harboring these thoughts and just. Because she gets to do the bare minimum. Now. Like, who else is going to put up with it? <laughs> she's being she finding the relationship because I'm sure outside of this he's still because he's looking for that that acceptance and that uh, praise from her even he, that's why he like going to work because he feel appreciated he's looking for that he probably is an amazing ass husband like outside of this he probably trying all kind of shit to make sure she's happy and not not rocking the boat and walking on eggshells around the house and shit he the one that's t- she probably living the life she don't have no reason to be unhappy. Nobody else will put up with this, though, sir. I just want you to know. And I don't really understand why you putting up with it. That is awful. That's terrible. That's beyond, like, you know how, like, sometimes you'll see people who don't, like, have no kink at all. And so, like, they really just like, like, missionary lights all. Like, that's so beyond even that. Like, it's, like, literally, he just lay there. <laughs> she just. Use him as a dildo. That's awful. 
It's if bad. you wishing for death, like you get out. Jesus, that is Christ. <laughs> That's pretty Just bad. Yeah. Just get out. Leave that relationship, man. Don't stay in no relationship where you're not wanted, where you're not appreciated. And, you know, on TikTok, there's been this big, big, like, debate with a couple of black creators where this one dude said that uh, if you're my wife, you owe me sex. You should not tell me no. And if my wife tells me no, then I'm leaving the relationship. Okay. And, Ah. well, you know, so the question became... The, the issue with the dialogue is that why is she denying you sex? Okay, she may be having a bad day. She may be having physical pains. She may be having anything going on with her. And so he said, She's okay. The mood. And he said, okay, short of anything physical being wrong. Right? That's um, still problematic because sometimes people just aren't in the mood. Like, but I could just, physically do it. But this, but the, the thing is, a sexless relationship is a problem, right? Sexless, yes. But saying that she owe you sex whenever you yeah, ask yeah, yeah. for it is So kind of changed the dialogue because this is what he do. He's a weird dude. He changed the dialogue when he started debating with people to when would you leave your partner in a sexless relationship? But the part of the conversation that's missing is, have you done everything you can do to determine the issue with your relationship as to why sex is not like reciprocated the way you hope for it to be. And that's the essence of this conversation. A person that's not happy with their sex life, you got to communicate to your partner that you're not happy with it. This man has communicated that he's not happy with it. She don't give a fuck. She laughed in his face and said, you need to get with my program or deal with the problem. No, it's time to go. Because that's starting to get into respect and shit. Like, how can I feel like you care about me if there's a part of my struggle that you don't care about? Oh, she was disrespectful as fuck. Like, and it was unnecessary. Like, her response was so over the top and unnecessary. You're trying to be cute. And you didn't turn it into a whole fucking thing that it didn't have to be. Yeah. She sound crazy. Very nutty. Get out, sir. Yeah, leave that situation. Like, Jesus. I don't but, even know why you still in it. Like, when I hear shit like that, I'm like, how are you writing in? Like, you don't know what to do. Like, why are you still there? <laughs> like, the, like, it's some things where it's like, it could be a back and forth or either, or like, maybe I stay, maybe I go. This ain't one of those situations, sir. Yeah. This is a, just pack an overnight bag and leave. I wouldn't even give a fuck about it. You have all of that shit, bitch. <laughs> I don't want you want to return to that motherfucker. Keep everything. Starting the new. Fuck you. Gotcha. But that's it, though. All my letters. All right. Well, as far as news is concerned, so uh, I saw this and I just thought it was very interesting. So Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton came out and said that she would really like for Beyonce to do a cover of her hit song, Jolene. Have you heard Jolene? I have heard Jolene. Um, She said that she feels like Beyonce just has a very powerful voice and she feels like uh, she would do very well and it would just be a really good version of the record to have her do it. Here's the issue that people are having. 
Uh, Cause she said that, you know, she would like to see the same thing happen with Jolene that happened with I will always love you uh, by Whitney Houston. Now for the youngins, I don't know if there's a lot of young people who listen to us or people in general who may not know this. Whitney Houston's hit song, I Will Always Love You, was originally a Dolly Parton song, and it was sung in a very different way. Like, Whitney took it and made it what it is, and so, like, her version is the version that everybody knows and everybody sings, but that's Dolly Parton's song. And so, people were saying that, of course, she wants Beyonce to do that because white people always wanted to live off the backs of black people, and so... Of course, she want her to take this song because if the song became huge through Beyonce doing it, Dolly gets residuals off of that because it's her original song. In the same way that I'm sure she's still getting paid. Or maybe, I don't know how that works. Let me not speak on that like I know. But like, I know she got a ton of money off of Whitney Houston doing I Will Always Love You. And so people are like, of course you want a nigga to come and do this shit. Like... (laughs) And make this song big. But Dolly Parton been having a heavy hand in supporting black folks, though. Like, I don't. These people must not know Dolly Parton's, like, record. Mm-mm. Like, Dolly Parton donated a ton of money to, like, uh, building and restoring black communities and programs for black communities. Not only that, but she is consistently been big upping black artists, not only, you know, Whitney Houston, but black artists when it wasn't popular opinion to do so. You know, like, the idea that she clout chasing behind Beyonce, (laughs) (laughs) like Dolly Parton need that Beyonce Dolly Parton got a whole goddamn, like, name another person other than Michael Jackson having Never Never Land Ranch and that shit, you see how that went. Dolly Parton has a whole fucking amusement park in Tennessee. (laughs) Like, Dolly Parton is that bitch. (laughs) If you, like, country music, Dolly Parton's synonymous. Like, she is that bitch. Like, she doesn't, as far as, like, clout, she don't need that. (laughs) Dolly's set for life like set but this is where this is where we get to a very particular point in the growth of the black voice and also the splitting of generations because there's a lot of people who probably have this perspective who just looking at Dolly Parton as a white lady not looking at Dolly Parton in terms of what her contributions could have been you know, and so if you're not looking for what a person's stance has, like she clearly Black Lives Matter reiterating that uh, point um, and that movement. When again, as a country singer, it ain't popular to be doing that. You know what I'm saying? Country ain't doing that shit. They ain't even speaking on it. And the ones who are are on some All Lives Matter shit, right? Yeah. So I was going to read some of the things that people said. Um, one person said, given the lyrics of Jolene, I don't think Beyonce or any black woman should sing it over, but I hope Beyonce sings a more suitable Dolly Parton song, Love Dolly, Love Beyonce, something like this would be a real treat. I, I don't, and I went, because <clears throat> I didn't heard Jolene, and I'm like, what reason, like, what is her being black? I guess it's because she, like, describes how Jolene looks. There's a part of the song where she says, with flaming locks of auburn hair, with ivory skin and eyes of em- emerald green. Um, 
that's really the only part of that song that I can see that somebody no, might say. It's the essence of the song. It's like, don't take my man. Like, that ain't no Beyonce type shit. You know, Beyonce, Beyonce will, will write an album about setting the man on fire. Yeah, she, well, but it, they don't understand. They said Beyonce or any black woman. So what does race have to do with it? I That's why I was saying maybe it's the description of Jolene. Because I don't know what why somebody black. Because, you know, we didn't have plenty of black songs where it's like, don't you got shit. The most popular black song that is the same thing as Jolene is um, Woman to Woman. That's the only one I can really think of when I was talking about that. I couldn't think of that many more. There's that. There's um. Well, not like don't take my man, but there's a woman about being a side woman. There's a lot of like. <laughs> but like, not. I don't. Th- I don't feel like that's in the modern music. I think that's old school shit. Yeah, but like that modern music, there is no. There ain't no black women begging another black woman not to do take what you're doing. Man. Ain't no yeah. black woman doing it. Like it's like it's well, a lot of problems no white, with. Ain't no, ain't no white women doing it. Nobody right now is doing it. Nobody, I don't listen to like, enough country to say that ain't happening. Uh, I listen uh, to enough true. black women. No. <laughs> what? See, <laughs> you know? the only country that I, I mean, Carrie Underwood, and she talking about busting the niggas' uh, truck up. Well, see, <laughs> in my head, in my head, the relationship that white women have to white men is different than the relationship that black women have to black men, because black white women have always been trying to grasp at the power that they can get from being in the proximity of a white man, right? And I think that that's a less genuine relationship than black women with black men because when that power dynamic is not there, you got to value a person for what they are and not what they have. And we can get into a whole bunch of other fucking bullshit-ass branches of that conversation. But Mm -hmm. I feel like, yes, a Dolly Parton would absolutely beg another white woman not to take my proximity of power away, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Like they absolutely would do that. Come on, this is my meal ticket, girl. Don't take my damn meal ticket. You know this man. He's got power, and he's. I I feel like white women would do that. I feel like that's probably happening all over country music. They ain't got no reason to stand up against shit that's going on. They don't. Matter of fact, matter of fact, they cry. White people with really southern accents, and I live in Alabama, so I know y'all are probably like, what? But, like, that really deep south, I, that, it just, it does something to me. So, like, that is a large part of why I can't listen to country music, because all of them sound like that, and it just don't sit in my spirit good. <laughs> so, I literally cannot, like, I've tried to listen to country music, but it's, I feel uncomfortable in the same way that I would feel uncomfortable if I went into Clinton, Alabama, and heard some nigga with a really deep southern accent like i feel like oh i need to get the fuck out of here that's how country music makes me feel <laughs> um and so i like, don't listen I, to it like if i met a dude if i was buying something on craigslist and i was going to clinton which is the place in in alabama that you don't go yeah or maybe even coleman yeah uh, sundown townish <laughs> you know <laughs> i feel like if i pulled up and a dude had a a, a a John Deere hat on and a and a truck with a bunch of fishing gear and shit in the back. And he was like, come on back here. It's on in the front. I just want to show it to you right quick. That, you get the fuck out of there. Get you back get the in the and go. No pleasantries exchanged. There's nope. dip on that motherfucker. But yeah, 
Country music got that voice. It does, and I hate it. I can't yeah. listen to it because it of got that. <laughs> it got that. We we very well may have black friends, <laughs> but we also may have gone to a clan rally. Yeah, I can't. You know, even the more poppy country, I can't. I didn't try. I can't. I can't do it. Like every time I listen to it. Ugh, I don't know if it's the ancestors like just kicking me in my ass. Like, what the fuck is you doing? <laughs> I don't know, but I don't, it just I don't sit right in my spirit. <laughs> I can't do it. And clan rallies are different today, right? They are. Clan rallies are having dinner with the fellas. Yeah. With no hoods on, they just sitting in the Applebee's in the corner talking. Yeah. Mm-mm. You know, so it's like you can't even tell. So yeah. You don't know if you really finna get what you buying on Craigslist or you finna get your ass carried by your friends. Yep. Well, you won't even get carried by your friends. You're just going to be missing for six months <laughs> until you get found by somebody in the deep woods that ain't racist. Like, imagine how many people know that the Klan be dumping bodies in this area and just see bodies in that area and just walk oh, by because yep. they know what happened. Whistle on by. I wonder if they took everything out that fella's pockets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go check. <laughs> oh my hands I found another one. God damn. And let me say for anybody <laughs> listening that does it live in America or does it live in the South? The voice that he's do- not all of us sound like that. So that's what I mean. Like, yes, I'm southern, yes, I live in Alabama, but like I don't be around people that had that fucking that accent. Mm-mm. <laughs> that's a no-no. I don't hang around motherfuckers with that. Like, there's a difference between, like, a southern drawl, which I feel like is what most of us have. Like, we talk a lot slower. But that that quintessential, like, hillbilly, backwood, like, really deep accent kind of shit. Mm-mm. Yeah, that yeehaw yeah. shit. We don't fuck yeehaw. with Yeehaw! Yeah, that now, we don't do that. Not that's, yeah. That is not the majority of southerners. And Southerners themselves feel a kind of way about them motherfuckers, okay? Like, so don't, please don't tie us all into that. So that's what I mean. Like, yes, we're Southern, but we ain't that Southern. (laughs) And so when I hear that shit, like, I hate it. It just, it grates my nerves. Like, I really, and so I literally cannot listen to country music because of that. Because all of that sound like that to me. Like, they all just sound like, ugh, I hate it. I hate it. Can't, can't do it. So, yeah, I I don't, you know, I don't know what country, the state of country music is right now. Because I can't listen to it. I can't stomach it. Uh, somebody else said, with all due respect, Dolly Parton asking Beyonce to sing Jolie doesn't sit right with me. This is the perfect example of white people trying to eat off back black people's talents. You're already sitting pretty with Whitney's version of I Will Always Love You. That's enough. But, and, you know, I think that's like, that's where, like, they didn't go look up the statistics and data from that. No, because one, I don't know what happens when somebody, like, does a cover. Like, does the person who owns the song forever get resilient? Like, I don't know how any of that works. Or do you just sell them the rights the one time and then however big or however small the song is, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how that goes. Cole might know. Maybe. Okay, okay, okay. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Dolly Parton made $10 million from royalties for the song and revealed what she spent the money on. From I, I Will Always Love You? Yeah. Okay. She said, I bought 
my big office complex down in Nashville. And so I thought, well, this is a wonderful place to be, she revealed. I bought a property down in what was the black area of town, and it was mostly just black families and people that lived around there. I thought, well, I'm going to buy this place. She added, it was a whole strip mall, and I thought this is the perfect place to be considering it was Whitney. So I thought, this is great. I'm just going to be down here with her people who are my people as well. And so I just love the fact that I spent that money on a complex, and I think this is the house that Whitney built. Hmm. And this is what, like, she's put money back into black communities from that money. That's what I was talking about at the beginning. Mm -hmm. So it's like people ain't even, like, checking to see what the thing is. And I think that I hate to use the term performative activism, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's like, it's a performance if you really don't know what you're talking about, but you're talking about it. You know what I'm saying? Whether yeah. it be performative feminism, perform anything can be performative. Anything that you're doing, like support for, so for a black person, like you're just assuming that this lady just made bank up $10 million to what Dolly Parton must have made up her whole lifetime is not a lot. Yeah. Again, yeah. she got a fucking theme park. If y'all don't know, she has a whole famous ass theme park. She got a museum. Like Dolly Parton is another level of like musical fame. <laughs> I don't so, even know anybody else that has a theme park. So, you know. But I guess it's like there are other artists who would like for their songs to be remade. Are we are, are these people saying that it's only ever clout chasing? Or is it only ever clout chasing when it's a white person going to a black person? You know, it, it, again, I try not to make overgeneralizations. Yeah, these are very specific people who made this claim. And, you know, what happens is one big person make the claim and then a bunch of other people start making the same claim. Mm -hmm. But the reality is Dolly Parton can want her song, song by... I mean, what, I wonder what it would say if it was like, I don't want no royalties from it. I just want her to do my song justice. Mm -hmm. I wonder what they'd be saying then. You know what I'm saying? What would they be saying then? I don't know. Because she, I mean, she's always been, like I said, Whitney basically stole that goddamn song. Because <laughs> when people talk about I Will Always Love You, it is the Whitney Houston version. There are a lot of people who don't even know that Dolly Parton did that song first. And that Whitney's version is a cover that she did for the soundtrack to The Bodyguard. And also, because it's so huge, it became but you'd such only a big get thing. money on it if it came if it was on an album, right? Because Lil Nas X did just redid Jolene in the last year. I mean, a lot of people didn't did covers of it, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's her song. That's Jolene is probably one of her more popular songs, especially for people outside of country music. Um, I think Jolene is like that song that everybody knows her for. Like, again, it goes to the knowledge. If y'all think that Beyonce got a bag from redoing Before I Let You Go, I just don't think that's how that shit work. Mm -mm. You know what I'm saying? It's like you do covers to honor the people that came before you, mm -hmm. not to make money off of it. Otherwise, it'll be an endless number of covers for popular songs. Yeah. And it just ain't that many. That many people ain't doing it. Artists also have their own egotistical pursuits. Like, who wants to make a career out of just doing remakes and shit? That's for the niggas that dress up like Michael Jackson and go to Vegas and do shows. <laughs> That's not for artists who is really trying to write and create something they own to put their own image on. Yeah. Like, imagine coming to artists and thought you was going to write the best song in the world, like some, on some Bill and Ted shit, where you thought you was going to write a song that saved the world, and 
and the best song you did was a bullshit ass cover of somebody else shit that you were just fucking <laughs> around with, and you never get bigger than that cover. <laughs> no, you're gonna try to kill yourself one day. Yeah. You know, but anyway, I don't know. Um so what you wanted to talk about earlier, Kelly Clarkson is getting a divorce. And so reportedly, she is being told that she has to pay her ex-husband, Brandon Blackstock, $1.3 million, $45,601 in monthly child support and $115,000 in spousal support until 2024, which is, I mean, it's two years. So it's got a, it's got an end date. So this is the crazy thing to me. So men hate how the system does men. And you think that men would be advocates for the system not doing this to anybody. Oh, no, they'd be excited as fuck. But men love when women got to pay, which really showcases the butt hurtness of men that express it. Again, you shouldn't want bad shit to happen to nobody. Because we don't know what went on in this woman relationship. We don't know what went on in uh, Mary J relationship. We don't know what went on in Kelly Clarkson relationship. But men are just so happy to feel like the just desserts is being get gotten because a woman is having to do this. It's crazy. But the reality is his life is still finna decline with this change. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying it'll make a difference. But, like, again, I just talk about what spousal support means and what child support means. To see what he does. Spousal support means that your partner is responsible for helping you maintain the life that you had oh, while y'all were together. He a talent manager, so I mean. Yeah, she the talent. She was the talent, I guess. That's how he got paid, huh? Oh, or maybe he was managing other people who came to her shows and people who did her uh, openings and shit. Uh, but. If you had, and, and spouse support was made because men was fucking this up. This is why men are the reason the shit exists. Men are the reason the shit exists because men used to be the breadwinners. Before World War II, men used to make all the money. They used to have the jobs. Women used to stay home and take care of their kids. If a man met a woman on the other side of town and wanted to leave to go to the other side of town, then he could do that with no repercussions and leave that woman high and dry. Spousal support became in, in, into existence because of that. Now, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, he was a talent manager. In light of this, the divorce, he's decided he's going to become a rancher full time. <laughs> yes, that's what you want to do. So his talent management could not have been going well for him to walk away. Now he can afford to just get some livestock and live on a fucking ranch. He's getting all this money. But I get, but but then this becomes a question where everybody's tripping on. It's like she's paying him child support while she got full custody of the kids. That's the that's the part I guess that people get hung up on. Yeah. But the reality is the responsibility of the court is make sure that the kids can have the same kind of life that they had before too yeah again this wouldn't be a deal if they both made the same amount of money this just happens when one person make significantly substantially more, more. yeah being spouse support is supposed to help you maintain a life okay if you had a bet if you had a house with a bedroom with 10 rooms in it they supposed to be able to help you maintain a house with a bedroom with 10 rooms in it 
If your children had a cook at the house, you know, that cooked them breakfast every week, then you're supposed to be able to provide that for your kids as the uh, other partner. And if the other person got the money to do it, then they do it and the other person don't. They don't. What I have learned from Kelly and from Mary J. Blige um, is that if I ever become famous for some reason, I'm not fucking marrying my manager. (laughs) No, that's not how it happens. What happens is you get married to them and then they become your manager. Because they didn't have no income. That's how you get them a salary. That's how your partner don't have to work but can get paid. If you just tell them that they're a salary that, uh, uh, manager, then that's how it work. Mm-mm. Fuck that. <laughs> Mary was famous before Kendu came into her life. So it ain't like he she married a dude and then made him a part of the family business, basically. You gonna do that too. If you if you ever have a break and you create this super-sized counseling agency where you're making millions and millions of dollars a year and you can pay your partner, who, if he was willing to do it, uh, six figures to just oversee something, why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you be like, listen, just I need you to just be the director oversee this, or I just need you to be the director. You can be the director of the fucking janitors, goddamn. It <laughs> don't even matter. I'm going to pay you six figures to be a part of my business. That's that's nepotism. That's what America does. Why wouldn't you do it? Because it looked like trash if it don't work out. <laughs> but if it work out, then you got your money that is great, and then he got his own money that is great, even though his money is because it's of my you. my money still. It's still my no, money. it's not. No, it's not because the person who works alongside him as a director that go home to their own family, that ain't your money. That's theirs. Why would you look at his money as yours? Because. <laughs> well, you gave everybody the same opportunity to him. He just got the opportunity because he. You bugging me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect you to say it as blunt as that, but yeah. <laughs> this must be what a relationship life do. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> you you didn't say that red like this new red. This new red, everybody. I want y'all to <laughs> want y'all to introduce yourself to new red. <laughs> I'm the same red. No, you're not. You would not have said that shit like that last year. <laughs> you just said because he's in an intimate relationship with me. <laughs> That's what you would have said last year. You said, because he fucking me. <laughs> You said it aggressively too. Right? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> you would not have said that shit like that last year, y'all. This is new red, y'all. Whatever. I'm gonna be looking for new red moments now. <laughs> this is my new thing. Now motherfuckers <laughs> gonna be writing in and be like, new red moment. Thank you for that. You know how I do. <laughs> I create movements <laughs> on this podcast. Not in real life, but just like small <laughs> people who listen to us. And who are willing to write in after they hear it. It's movement. So like six people. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that even ain't even a movement, but I'm calling the movement. That's hilarious. All right, all right, all right. Oh, oh, you done with that? Yeah, I don't have anything else done. Listen, y'all, listen, y'all. You all should know by now who the fuck Ryan Kugler is. He gave us Black Panther. He did. Fruit- Station. He did. 
What's the other one? There's something, another one. Yeah. Something. But he's he's a great writer, a great director. He gets shit done. Get shit done. This man went into the bank. Let me tell y'all how this shit played out, okay? <laughs> we are in the pandemic, right? It's cold outside. He in the bank. He got his sunglasses on. He got his mask on. He's a celebrity. It shouldn't be surprising that he walked into the bank with fucking sunglasses on. This man walked into the bank with sunglasses on, with his mask on. He fill out a withdrawal slip. He give her the slip, presumably with his uh, bank account number on it. On the back, he writes a note that he don't want her to count the money in public eye because he's requested a large amount of money. $12,000 to be exact. He wants them to count it somewhere else, which he's done before and had no problems. On this particular day, he did this. He gave her, her his ID. He put his little bank card in the machine, which usually <laughs> brings up the bank account on the other side. It does. And everything should have been verified. What she should have seen on that side is, okay, this person, at least from fucking eyes up, looks like who it is on the picture. The bank account got the name that's on the ID of the person who handed me the ID. <laughs> the number of money that he has in this account is more than sufficient to give him the amount that he asked for. This request that he made for such a large amount isn't really an odd request. People don't like everybody in the bank looking and seeing us counting $12,000 when he's about to leave the bank. Somebody might be ready to bust ahead today. <laughs> ready to follow this car today. <laughs> but you know what happened? She got all that information and thought that he might be robbing the bank. <laughs> because you know what? That would be the worst fucking bank robber that ever existed. Oh, God. It would be the worst. Why did you give all your information and then rob the bank? Like, just come holler at me at the house when, when you get done. Like, Listen, it reminded me of this Kim Peel skit. In the skit, they got like they little newbies on plotting to plotting to work or plotting to rob a bank. And he said, I got an idea. And, and this, this is the plan. First, what we're going to do is we're going to go into the bank. We're going to scope it out for a few days. After we scope it out, we're going to ask them for applications and fill out our application. And then after we fill out the applications, then they're going to hire us. We're going to get there. We're going to scope the scene out. We're going to look around. We're going to uh, come in every day when they ask us to and do the job as we're looking around. Every every other week, we're going to get paid a paycheck, and we're going to be saving that money. At the end of the year, we're going to get a W-2 and file our taxes. We're going to do that. For 15 years. And the other was like, nigga, that's a job. <laughs> <laughs> nigga, that's a job. Like, we trying to rob the bank. It, it feeds me with that. It, it kind of gave me that kind of energy. It's like, how in the fuck did this? Anyway, so another thing they harped on, because you know, you know, everybody was ready to jump on. Oh, this white lady done got down racial profile. It was a black pregnant lady who did it, you know. Now, what it did say was that the computer triggered this alert, and when the alert was triggered, she went to her boss. So it very well could have been her boss's decision to do these things, even though she was the catalyst of, of it happening. But the mere fact that, I don't know, all kind of logic got to go out of the window to jump to the conclusion that he's robbing the bank right now, to the point that you call the police. 
And the police come in and just straight handcuff him immediately. They just handcuff him. Don't tell him what's going on. They clearly turn around and look up. Like, they could have been like, sir, like, who would be robbing the bank this slow? After all of that other information he gave him, he's not only robbing the bank slow, but he's looking up confused, like, why are y'all here? Why wouldn't the cops look at him and be like, okay, well, he don't look like he's robbing the bank. Well, sir, go ahead. Can't. So, when the car, okay, go ahead. I'll, 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 I'm just saying, like, because they don't know. They know they got a call for a bank robbery, so they're going to come in and treat it like a bank robbery. They don't know that these these people are stupid. Well, this is what I'm saying. What I'm saying is cops do this shit all the time. Because cops will get a call saying, hey, my, my wife is beating up on my head. And when they get there, it's a woman standing there with no bruises, nothing going on, and it don't look like she's been hitting on somebody's head. That don't mean she couldn't have been. But the cops still pull the gun out, point it at your face, and say, get on the ground. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that he couldn't have been robbing the bank. I'm just saying that a bank robber that is actually robbing the bank will have a different reaction than a confused look on his face, not knowing what's happening, and slowly complying with a, sen a, a sense of confusion going on. I mean, I would think that the cops could come in and be like, okay, we got a call from them that somebody was robbing the bank. But at this moment, this don't look like somebody robbing a bank. Not only that, but this gentleman is confused. You know what I'm saying? He don't have a weapon. He went on. He didn't fight. What? So I'm like, why ain't a cop saying, okay, contextually speaking, let's ask this guy right here, right now, what's going on, bro? They arrested the people in the car with him. They arrested the damn babysitter. They they put every they detained everybody that was possibly with him. They said they the getaway drivers. They probably, they probably went to the cameras and looked at who all was with him, and they went and, you know, told the police who was all with him, and they went and arrested everybody outside. Yeah, because how would you know about all the cars outside with people potentially sitting in them? How would you know which car he was in? So it's like police, police, I just don't feel like police can keep getting away with the mere fact that the call and what the call said justifies how they responded to a situation. It, they can't keep using that excuse. Like, unless you tell me cops are just fucking, if, if cops were AI, that would make sense. If cops were just fucking mindless computer drones, that would make sense. But they, they, but when they get calls, when white people be doing shit, they have all the empathy in the world to look at the situation in the context and determine how they treat the situation. Case in point, these two dudes were fussing in the mall, a black dude and a white boy, and the white boy started it. But when the cops came, they sat the white boy down on the chair and did the nigga treatment to the black dude, put him on the ground, put handcuffs on him. And like an honorable young lad, the white boy actually went out on a campaign about why the cops did him like that when he's the one that started the fight. Because, Damn. like, sometimes you don't realize the shit is like they say it is on TV until it's in your face. But police officers always take the, the call said that it was this serious, so we took it this serious, even though the context didn't even match what the call was saying. And we don't even know what the call was. The call could have been some frantic bullshit because a paranoid-ass manager really genuinely thinks that a bank robbery is happening. Yeah. But they... Uh, they they clearly don't even ever tell us about that part, whether it was a big frantic call. They just 
justify what happened to the black person because somebody misunderstood something instead of trying to figure that out at the beginning. But what you finna say? My bad. I had to go on that rant. Uh, what ended up happening to Ryan? What ended up happening is he basically they told him what was going on. He explained everything what happened. The police identified it as a mistake. Uh, and Bank of America. The only thing we know is that Bank of America uh, resolved the issue to Ryan Coogler's satisfaction. That's what the statement that he released. And so that's all we know now. We don't know what else after that. But like everybody was let go. It was a misunderstanding and everything. But you know that's what happened. That is just <laughs> how could you even confuse that for somebody trying to rob the bank? Like giving you all. And I mean, even if you felt like, well, maybe he didn't give us his actual information. Like that's a lot to go. That's not what bank robbers do. <laughs> And she put all his information in because it came up and it flagged it because probably because he was trying to take out so much money. But like, that's just crazy. Like, I don't understand. It's it's wild to me, man. I I just don't. And again, Ryan, it's so the the police cam video. Ryan Coogler was like, "Hey, from one black man to another man, just Google my name. Google. I don't want this to be the worst day at work for you." <laughs> <laughs> just Google me, man. Google me. And the police, I was like, okay. And just was writing on a piece of paper. I would have pulled out my phone and been like, oh, Lord, let me be on the right side of history. Exactly. Oh, God, you think I made Black Panther? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, we look like shit. <laughs> I ain't giving that nigga my real name. <laughs> I ain't giving him my real name. No. Hell no. <laughs> um, um, okay. Go ahead. So Royce Reed, huh? <laughs> so we almost hit two hours. Oh, okay, Royce Reed, very quickly, because I just this, I just I want to talk about this for a specific reason. Royce Reed has a son with Dwight Howard, who plays NBA basketball. Wait, they have a her huh? name is Royce. Royce, yeah. Royce, like yeah. Royce the five nine. Yeah. Rose Royce. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Roy. <laughs> With S on the end. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. That's so nice. Royce Reed. Royce. So they got a four. His the son is fourteen now. So she wait has. Minute, wait minute. Huh? Dwight Howard. Yeah. The Dwight Howard that they was talking about, like kind of like liking men's and trans. So hold on to that thought. Oh. Okay. <laughs> um. So. <clears throat> They have a 14-year-old son. Russ Reed turned herself in this week um, because they she was they had a, a I guess a warrant out for her for child abuse child abuse charges something to the effect of like child abuse but she didn't do anything to him. So what happened is this 14-year-old has a history of being inappropriate with younger children. And so he has been ordered not to be around small kids by himself at 14. Okay. That's what the court order is. He is not supposed to be around any young kids by himself. Apparently he touched her boyfriend, one of her boyfriend's kids. So somehow it got reported that he had, I don't know if 
something happened with one of the kids, but he'd been around the kids by himself again. And so that's what they were arresting her for, is for her not doing what she was told to do as far as it, his behavior is concerned. Now, Dwight Howard and him don't have a good relationship. I know at one point she had made allegations that Dwight had uh, disciplined him. He whooped him, essentially. And Dwight was like, that's what happened to me when I did something wrong, so I whooped him. And uh, she she made a big deal about that. But I wanted to talk about this just because if you have a child, first of all, uh, it's been noted. I think he, he had his own um molestation as a kid and so you know like sometimes the uh, victims go on to become abusers and this is one of those cases but you cannot like i feel like people sometimes don't take this shit seriously when it be like a kid and another kid or a teenager but like you need to be whatever the fuck you supposed to be doing do that shit because now you got potentially a whole nother child that's got some trauma because you didn't do what the fuck you was supposed to do. You know your son is not supposed to be around. And he, you know, he's in therapy to getting help and stuff, but he's not supposed to be around no little kids. And you knew that. And that's some bullshit. <laughs> like, I don't like that. Listen, all I'm going to say is parents take that shit serious. Yes. When your kids get in this kind of trouble or you start seeing... Uh, what's called sexually reactive behavior early, take that fucking shit seriously. Because there are a lot of kids who get touched, get abused, and yeah, they become abusers. And and sometimes, I've seen this happen more though, from when a child saw sexual acts early. Because they are trying to emulate that behavior and it actually feels good. So when a kid gets that good feeling early, they don't know the social rules behind doing it. And mm -hmm. if they do it too long without being checked, without being stopped, then it's going to become a bad pattern and something that they're seeking. And it's going to be something that they just, it's going to be hard for them to let go. I mean, it, there's a lot of parts of sex that kids ain't supposed to experience. And I say, somebody may say, well, sex and experience, no part of sex. But kids masturbate as early as five years old. You know, so kids can inadvertently come across that feeling just by touching themselves by accident. And I can promise you that if they come across that feeling early by touching themselves, they're going to touch themselves a lot more than that. Mm -hmm. So you got to be careful when it comes to them kids, but you can't play them games. No, I don't even want to make no, no Dwight Howard jokes. That was it. Yeah. Um, pay attention to that. That I just wanted to use that to, to say that, like, Cause I feel like people don't take it as seriously when it's another kid, but like that shit is not okay. Um, and like I said, <clears throat> you're just going to allow more kids to become victims that don't have to be because you didn't do your fucking job. Like, cause I know people were like, well, she didn't do anything. Why did they arrest her? She did do something. That's neglect. Yeah. This, this, that is considered neglect. You, if you are caught, if, when that kind of a situation happens to the extent where, because you know black families, we like to sweep stuff under the rug, but once the people get involved, it's bad enough that he having to attend court-ordered therapy and got court orders in place about what he is and isn't supposed to do, your job as a parent is to make sure that that shit happens. Period. Yeah. And if you don't, that's neglect, and you can be arrested by it. I think the yes. And maybe she'll take it more seriously now. Mm -hmm. Like, she should have been arrested. That shit is not okay. 
And he getting older, like he, you know, the concern. Because what happens in four years, he'll be eighteen. Yeah. And then it ain't gonna be where they putting all this shit in place. They just gonna lock his ass up. Yeah. Because they probably in California. I know it's nineteen here, but I think it's probably eighteen there. Yeah. He'll just be an adult out here doing bullshit. And they just lock him up. Gotcha. So, I just wanted to. That was dark to end on. <laughs> I wanted to. Yeah, it's fine. It was a necessary message. I feel like. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's all I got for you. You got anything else? I hate to end on. Okay, let's end on a, a lighter note. So there were some some fucking spiders that got somehow over here from Japan that are like the size of a goddamn hand and apparently they just like rain out of the sky I will die okay listen hold on, hold on hold on hold on hold on how in the fuck is that a lighter note because how in any sense of the way you, you said if spiders fell out of the sky I would die <laughs> because I, I feel like everybody's not. I have. I don't like spiders. Like I, my extreme response because I don't fuck with spiders. I feel like other people might be like, they're called Joro spiders, and they're uh, expected to be up and down the east coast of America early as May, and they like parachute down and travel with the wind. <laughs> <laughs> Happy dreams after that one, everybody. <laughs> Look, it's better than molestation. You here with spiders. I mean, I guess it depends on who you ask. <laughs> I, you know, I'm trying to make no molestation jokes, but somebody is, somebody will be okay <laughs> with molestation over spider, spider swarm, swarm dropping in on the earth. Parachuting <laughs> in. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, nah. Like, if that shit still happening, I'm not leaving the house. Like, I can work from home. Yeah. And I would door dash and whatever the fuck. I'm not leaving the house. Like, fuck y'all. Forget gas, the gas prices. Like, if spiders start parachuting, fuck y'all. Not coming out the house. Okay. I guess possibly a better note than molestation (laughs) for certain people. So, let's. In general, I guess, yeah. Society, in society, yeah, it's a better note than molestation. So, yeah, I don't want to take it away from me. But anyway, um, until we come to the next conversation. We out. Holla. <laughs>